0: Hello and welcome to Strictly Legal on WESN Content Capital. I am your host once again, Rondell Dono, Attorney at Law, and I am pleased to have you here with more of a lot of, a lot of, a lot of um, legal matters, legal issues affecting you, affecting us about the law and you. Uh, today I have a very special guest uh, who is connecting with us via the web, and she is Senator the Honourable Renuka Sagram Singh Suklal, who is a minister in the Office of the Attorney General and Legal Affairs. Uh, Mrs. Suklal, of course, is an attorney at law, having been in private practice prior to becoming in public office. Uh, She has debated, I mean, you'll have seen her very fiery presentations um, throughout her term in public life, and I am pleased uh, to bring her on set, particularly with respect to You know, recognizing women in leadership in the profession, as well as recognizing as International Women's, well, Month, I should say. So, Senator, the Honourable Sagram Singh Suklal, good morning.
1: Good morning, Mr. Donwell. Good morning, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, First, I want to express sincere gratitude to you uh, for inviting me on your show. I indeed feel privileged and humbled by having this opportunity. Um, I do want to also publicly apologize for not being able to physically uh, come to your studio. You know, sometimes the nature of this office is that impromptu matters. Some of that uh, required my physical
0: presence in office. Of course. And that's and totally to- fine. We love your background and, and everything looks good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Minister, how has it been since 2020 being in the most prestigious and highest office uh, of, of, of the, well, one of the highest offices of the land? Uh, How has the experience been as as moving from private to public life?
1: Um, Well, no doubt, uh, you know, when you make any transition in life, there's a level of fear and uh, um, uncertainty that you transition. I mean, and from one stage to another in your life. So, of course, I would have entered into this office. um, You know, you always ask yourself, am I ready? Am I capable? Am I competent uh, to handle what is before me? Uh, but I, what I can say is that is that I have certainly been privileged and blessed thus far having entered into this office. I have uh, an incredible line minister, which is the attorney general. Yes. Um and of course, he has been our
0: guest uh, recently on our special edition. So,
1: yes, <laughs> I, yes. So I have uh, had a, um, his uh, experience to rely upon, his guidance to rely upon. And then... Um uh, remember, even though I would have transitioned from uh, private practice into public life um uh, I'm still a lawyer, so all of these skills that I would have accrued over my years in private practice, that, you know you bring those and and, and 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 the experience would have been through all because length and breadth of your life, you would bring that with you no doubt into I would have brought that with me, no doubt Sorry, into the office that I presently hold. So the transition, uh, it's a learning process. I will never pretend that I know it all. Um, uh, And I think that is where, as uh, younger persons to the political arena, we rely upon uh, the guidance of our seniors. And, uh, you know, as attorneys as well, we understand how important it is to have your senior to to, to go to if you're second-guessing yourself. And this is no different. So the transition, it has been... um, I think, um, I think I'm settling in well yes. um, was because I have that support um, of our Honourable Attorney General and then all of the other senior politicians in the party whom I could go to for guidance and support. Yes,
0: And you've mentioned senior and of course being in private practice you were under the chambers of um, Family Elder Senior Council. Uh, right. Now a lot of persons may not, uh, of course everyone knows Mrs. Elder as, as, a, as a very noble and um, uh, criminal attorney. Now, how has been that experience working? Or have you been working? Or have you had worked alongside? Um, Certainly. In, in so
1: when I went into chamber with Mrs. Elder, mm-hmm. I would have gone in as an intern. <clears throat> so I had the benefit of also serving under Theodore Guerra, Senior Counsel. So it's Guerra, Elder, and Associates. Um, uh, having served as an intern, but Mr. Guerra, of course, unfortunately, he, he got ill and, um, yes. you know, passed not too long after but i still had that experience of working under him and uh, so i was able to be mentored uh to an extent by mr Guerra. and then no doubt mrs elder is an incredible human being and this goes beyond simply just being an attorney at law she is what i envision in it is a true essence and representation of what a senior is supposed to be um i have said to everyone that uh, contrary to what people may believe my senior is not political And she's a lawyer. She always says to us, she's a web. She 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 is um, she's ready for hire. In other words, and uh, she understands. She she has a passion for the law. And why I'll go back to why 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 I say she is what in my mind is a true replica of what or representation Uh of what a senior is. She's one of those uh, seniors that you can go to with any questions, any concerns. She's always been a guiding light for all of us in her chamber, uh, whether it's relative to the law, even personal issues. More than that, senior allowed us the opportunity to grow. And she teaches us by example. She taught me by example. She's not one of those seniors who will simply assign tasks yes. and expect that work will be done. She's there with us. So, so I think uh, having that incredible privilege to, to work with Mrs. Elder Um, no doubt it would have engendered a certain level of work ethics within my own self that I think is also responsible for me being able to transition well into the new office that I hold. And of
0: course, course, as a female, I'm celebrating International Women's Week, well, month, I should say, because the day was celebrated on the 8th. do you think that there are enough female in, 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 in noble leadership or prestigious leadership positions uh, in Trinidad and Tobago and who is recognized for such? Enough. <laughs>
1: enough <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a tricky word. Yes. Um, I don't think there will ever be enough. Um, but uh, I honestly, sincerely believe that we are blessed to live in Trinidad and Tobago a country in which and at least i can only really speak from i i will speak from my experience yes. my personal experience um, i believe as women we are still very much fortunate uh, um, unlike women who may live in different jurisdictions different countries we are still very fortunate that uh, we have had and we have experienced and seen strong women in leadership who encourages uh, and serves as mentors um, for for new uh, new new politicians or lawyers or professionals like myself, um, I would not say that there's ever enough. Uh, all right, but I can say that we are blessed. I, I my personal belief that we are blessed and we are fortunate in our country as women that there is a space for us, and, uh, we, and we have, have
0: seen, had yes go ahead and
1: and, and we have to, we have had those who came before us that even when there was not a space, they blazed the trail for the new ones to go through. Yeah. So I would still. So so while I don't believe there is enough, um, <laughs> yeah. and there's always space for space more. for more. In but the uh, certainly, I I want to I want to say that we are blessed and fortunate in this country because there are many girls in different parts of the world who cannot uh, um, attest uh, to our experience.
0: And of course, as a female leader in the Ministry of the Attorney General and Legal Affairs, that's a big portfolio. Uh, in, okay. terms of, in terms of, of getting the respect as a female and as an attorney, how has that transition been um, in the ministry? Or how has the experience been in the Ministry of the Attorney General, of Office of the Attorney General and Legal Affairs?
1: So I would, because it's only issue of respect, and I would speak again too, Sinali, right? Yes. I personally believe that respect and earning someone's respect, it transcends gender. And uh, you have as an, so respect is something that uh, I I personally, I don't believe is gender-based. It is something that you have to earn through your work ethics. So if you're asking a question in the context of this office, it's something that I have to be prepared to earn. I can't roll into an office and expect that, oh, because I'm the minister and I've arrived, that people will just automatically respect me. Well, my people, think people that, is yeah? respect something that has to be earned. The only way I could earn that respect of my peers, of my subordinates, is through my hard work, through my dedication, through bringing value to the organization I currently serve. And that, I believe, transcends gender. And whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, respect is something I sincerely believe has to be earned. Not because I hold a portfolio, I expect that people will just automatically respect me. It's something in my mind that I know I have to be prepared to earn. And as long as, and I I honestly believe as long as I do what I have to do, I continue to serve this country well. I continue to bring my best game every time. I believe eventually I will get the respect that I deserve. But I can say yes. um, I have had an incredible experience just at ADLA. I mean, I started by talking about the Attorney General himself and allowing me the opportunity to flourish and, and allowing my voice to be heard, whether it's at an LRC meeting or a pre-LRC meeting or, or higher-level meetings. So that, that in itself, it motivates me as a woman, um, uh, you know, to, to know that I am earning my space and yes, my yes. respect in the office that I now hold.
0: Now, the office that you hold, as I said, is is senator. Well, the minister in the ministry uh, of the office of the attorney general. Now, many people may want to know why a minister in the ministry. Can you just um, explain to the to the viewers and listeners exactly what is your portfolio within the ministry?
1: Okay, so so relative to Mm -hmm. my portfolio, um, this is really based on uh, uh, the attorney general. He acting on the advice of the prime minister will decide. On what my role and functions are within this ministry. I can't speak for the ministers uh, because I would not have been previewed, uh, you know, I would not know what would have transpired during their term of office. Mm -hmm. But at least during my term of office, the Attorney General made it abundantly clear to me that he wanted me to be a part of the entire ministry. So in this ministry, we have not had a division of responsibilities. What I am, uh, again, and, and you know, it may sound as an overused expression. But I am privileged because I'm having the opportunity to learn the length and breadth and understand the length and breadth of the entire ministry. Remember the Office of the Attorney General and Ministry of Legal Affairs, there are almost 19 other entities that fall under us uh, um, uh, that uh, answer, in essence, to us. Yes. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, and uh, not, uh, And I honestly believe at this stage in my development, being a very new, very green minister, it, was, it is necessary for me to understand the hub and spoke of the operations of the entire ministry. And as of now, my responded, there has not been any clear division of powers, for want of a better word. Yes. But I'm given the opportunity to really shadow the Attorney General. I've been given the opportunity to learn um, as much as I can. Um, about as many things as possible as it relates to the office that I, that I now hold.
0: And, and the, um, of yes. course,
1: there are projects that I'm passionate about. The Attorney General would always say, well, you know, you know, feel free to run with those projects. Um, uh, you know, if, if there are other thing, things, I'm not limited, and, and, and that I'm grateful
0: for. And, and, uh, and that is good, because as you said, you know, a lot of other ministries or other ministers in the ministers in the ministry are not probably given that, that length or that scope that you are given, and that is, that is commendable. Now, tell us, what critical pieces of legislation have you been directly involved with? Uh, I mean, I know there are many, but what, what, what has been very close to your, to your heart? Uh,
1: well, of course, uh, we would have, I would have come into this ministry where we, we had to set a legislative agenda as per what was uh, going to be our priority as, uh, uh, as a ministry. Um, uh, of course, uh, added to which we would have had a lot of social um, changes that exist in Trinidad that would have also affected uh, the reshifting of our of o- order of priority of legislation, um, and, uh, and and that is relative to, of course, uh, what would have come out of the death of that young lady yes, um, Andrea Barrett. Mm-hmm. and uh, what so so we have had over the past couple of months. Uh, um, uh, you know the need and, and, and cries from our public public as for what pieces of legislation and laws they want, so um, that being said, would I would have come into this ministry would have had a legislative agenda, but remember, government is not static it 's very dynamic yes. and uh, sometimes you have to readjust your position based on what is needed at that time so for example, course, evidence, uh, for example the evidence
0: for example the evidence act, which would have been um, I mean, as a result of... Well, I mean, it was always pen, pending.
1: Correct. But it would have So, so, been have th- so, so it's just a matter excleted. of readjusting our priority yes. Yes. and understanding what is required at this stage. So as for critical pieces of legislation, as I said, I've been extremely privileged having been allowed to sit on the LRC, which is the, the LRC, which is pretty much where we set our legislative agenda. And the LRC, just for
0: persons who may not know the LRC, is what... What is the LRC?
1: So the responsibility of the LRC um, is where we st- where, where we sit with our policymakers and our drafters.
0: That's the law commission,
1: it's, it's yeah. in, in the office of the attorney general, and our responsibility is uh, to set that legislative agenda scrub legislation um, to deal with policy matters. Um, so it's not. So I mean, we go and to this the, is the law. Office,
0: this the is law reform. This is the Law Reform Commission. Sorry. That's what happened. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Yes. But I'm just trying to get into what is the purpose and function of the LRC. uh, And uh, what we would do so it's really the Law Review Commission. And our responsibility is uh, for reviewing the legislation that comes to us. Um, Of course, our responsibility is to ensure that the pieces of legislation that we bring to the Parliament is good law. Now, going back to the question that you were asking about um we, in in looking at the, the pieces of legislation that thus far that I've been um, privileged to work on, of course, we are working on a firearms amendment. Um, we are looking at, well, I would have worked on the evidence amendment, the recently anti-gang um, bill that was before the Senate. Uh, we would have had pieces of, uh, not too long ago, we would have brought to, to the parliament uh, um omnibus pieces of mis- miscellaneous provision miscellaneous legislation that sought to amend other um parent laws such as uh, um de facto, um regular uh, laws laws as relates to money laundering and those uh, those areas of law so and then certainly um uh, we would have uh, Uh, as a commission when when the law revision commission actually meets uh, um there would be laws that fall outside of the hub and spoke of the criminal justice system that you know other ministries may have approached us with uh, that they believe is now based on the time that we're existing in legislation that is now necessary um for the operations of their ministries so 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 i've had the opportunity not just to simply work on criminal justice legislation But, of course, legislation that would touch and concern other ministries.
0: Minister, we just pause a minute. We'll be right back for a quick break. Uh, You're watching WESN, Content Capital. And we're back. You are watching Strictly Legal and I have with me via the web uh, the Honourable Senator, the Honourable Renuka Sagram Singh Suklal, who is the the minister in the office of the Attorney General Legal Affairs. (laughs) I got it. That's fine. So Minister, we were speaking about pieces of legislation prior and what I want to touch on particularly was the latest piece of legislation that was passed uh, in, the, in the Senate with the majority. And yes. of course, you were very instrumental in terms of your, your very passionate debates in the mm-hmm. Senate about this piece of legislation. Can you just started public, what is anti-gang legislation? And before we go there, we would have had that piece of legislation in 2018. Now tell us why we have reintroduced
1: Okay, well, first to begin with, remember, because of the Sunset Clause that existed in the 2018 piece of legislation, um, Can it Can
0: you was explain necessary.
1: the Sunset Clause for, for the layman? Okay, yes. so the Sunset Clause, well, it's actually stated, the Sunset Clause for the layman, is really, which, uh, it's, it's really the lifespan of a particular bill or an act of parliament. Um, so it's where a parliament agrees that a piece of legislation would uh, um, continue to exist or persist for a specific period of time. And uh, what would have happened in 2018 is that there would, that that in in 2018 would have been the expiration of the lifespan of uh, the anti-gang act. So what was required now was uh, for the government of the day to go back to the parliament Reintroduce the bill. Reintroduce the bill. Debate that particular bill, and then uh, um, with at that time, it required a special majority. Um, Of course. hoping that you would get the support of the opposition and pa- pass that bill again right yes. so therefore it becomes an hour. and this is just very simply put Simple. for I the um, man on the street to understand what we mean by the sunset clause sure. uh so so in 2018 we would have had uh, the reintroduction um of uh, the said bill into the parliament and it was actually passed in 2018 um in 2018, I would tell you something very personal. Um, my father, and I think I spoke about it in the parliament, and my father was uh, the senior superintendent at the time in charge of the Northeastern Division. And uh, the, there was a gang killing, a gang-related killing of a young man, a 14-year-old child. His name was Joshua Andrews. Now, Joshua Andrews, uh, where Joshua Andrews was killed, um, I believe was in Trumaca but uh that so that area didn't fall under my father's division but the school in which joshua andrews attended fell within daddy's division and uh being uh, in charge of the Northeastern Division, he saw it was prudent to go to the school and meet with those children, meet with the children, meet with the teachers of the school. Why I'm bringing up this is because it was actually after leaving the school, the media would have approached my father and he would have advocated for the anti-gang legislation yeah. and he would have said to the public that he believed because, he, of course, he would have just experienced the mayhem he saw in that school with children and how emotionally affected they were by the death of their peer, um, he would have advocated publicly for the reintroduction of the anti gang legislation.
0: Correct. And speaking
1: as a police officer, being on the ground understanding that the rule that this 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 legislation could play in dismantling gangs, you, And uh, it was after that uh, cry by my father, or that public plea by my father, the Hansard actually reflects that when the bill was reintroduced into the Parliament, several ministers at the time debating the bill made a reference to, uh, to the police and to Daddy's, uh, m- my father's, uh, um. Uh, You know, plea to the public and to the lawmakers to consider, reconsider the introduction of the anti-gang. So I think because I would have experienced and seen my father and how this would have affected him, that probably contributed significantly to the passion I brought to this bill, because I will never forget, never, ever forget Um, my father's a police all his life. Uh, and uh, that day after having to deal with those young ones uh, um, at the school in which Joshua Andrews attended, my father said to me, he said, um, and I said it's in the parliament. He said, you ever heard somebody cry from their belly, crying from their belly? He said, that's what I with these children and I think only when we experience that um, yeah. as legislators and parliamentarians sometimes we understand that we have to see past politics yeah. and we have to bring laws that could truly affect uh, and impact positively on the lives of our citizenry I so in, I came into the anti-gang but already experiencing that 2018 having that experience with my father in 2018 and understanding the necessity of bringing this piece of legislation uh, to the Parliament, you know, Mr. Don. Well, if I might use the opportunity, I, I remember, and I told Mr. Rambarat that um, if if we, if you were, if, if the public is to go back to Mr. rambarat uh, uh, Minister Rambarat's presentation um, in the Senate, to me, it was a very poor. Raising presentation because he made certain points outside of the scope of law. He said that there is no way to make gangs pretty, or there's no way to make a gang look pretty. And in essence, he said that uh, we have to remember as a population, with gangs will come firearms, will come murders. Will come attempted murders, will come drugs, will come corruption. And if we are able, as a parliament, as a responsible parliament, to break the back of gangs, in essence, what we are doing is destabilizing crime and criminal activity in this country. Minister. And in essence, that is what this bill is. Yes.
0: Minister, listen, we can go on and on and on because, I mean, this is a crucial piece of legislation that is continuing in the House. However, we yeah. are out of time. And I'm afraid oh. we may have to be back at some point. But okay. I do want to thank you on behalf of WESN for committing yourself to this interview. And we experience a lot. And please, congratulations and continue doing the great work.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. <laughs> okay, you have bye. been watching Strictly Legal on WESN. Sorry, we are out of time. And we'll see you back for another episode. Thank you.